hello, hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Dynasty Wonderland podcast with me, the Mad Chatter, Ryan MK, and of course, by my side, as always, the March Heron, the Salary Capition, being featured on the uh, Mind of Mansion podcast this week, I might add. It's a Mr. Aaron Stewart. How's it going, buddy? Oh, doing pretty good, man. Doing pretty good. What a start to the week here. As you mentioned, Mind of Mansion appearance, which by the time people listen to this will be, well, maybe a few hours after they listen to this. So they could listen to this show. I go right. straight to any of the social media if they want to see the stream. If they want to listen to the podcast, it's going to come out on Thursday. I, I personally, I like listening to the podcast and you know, get all the edits right. and everything. If I say something stupid, it stays on the show. <laughs> but i'm pumped i'm pumped so that is going to be uh we're gonna dynasty fantasy talk a little dfs and yeah it's it's gonna be good it looks like we had a good monday night football game too but before yeah, we get into interesting. that how are you doing man? not too bad are you are you a matrix fan you know here's a funny thing i'll keep it brief the longest time I have never seen the Matrix movies. Mm. It's actually only like a couple of weeks ago. I was on Hulu and, you know, the people watching over my feed just know that I haven't watched the Matrix and it was right there. And I was like, well, you know, why not? Why not? We'll watch the Matrix. So I have watched the first Matrix on Hulu and the second one is in my queue to watch when I get some time. There you go. Yes, because we have... uh... A, a reuniting of the Matrix, uh, so to speak. But the Matrix is coming back. We have Matrix 4. I can't remember what... Revelation? Uh, no, that's when... I can't remember what the hell it's called. But we have a new Matrix. And I'm kind of... You know, it was never like... I, I, I really enjoyed the Matrix. Now, my little brother was fucking obsessed with it. But I really am excited to see... I, I'm just a big Keanu Reeves fan. Because dude's just a genuine dude. He, you know what I mean? Like acting aside and all of that. Keanu Reeves is just a legit dude. So I root for the guy. But so I kind of like the Matrix. I'm excited for the new one. But I just thought I'd bring that up because I think that comes out either on Christmas or right around Christmas or something. And and if you got the HBO Max uh, or, or whatever it is, like I do, I'm going to be able to watch that shit without having to go to the theater. And I'm very excited for that because uh, <laughs> for, for multiple reasons. But We move on, get into football. First up, my boy Lamar Jackson, ankle sprain. Now I'm going to be talking more about this on Thursday, along with Josh Allen, because he's also day-to-day with the foot sprain. I'll be talking more about that because we do have, way we are, as we've mentioned recently, changing things up a bit. So this is going to be the only pod with us this week. I am going to get on Thursday night, do a short recap of the game, talk some infirmary and what that means for the playoffs coming up. Because, hey, next week, round one of the playoffs. Get ready, people, and good luck, because we'll all need it. We'll all need it. Now, so things are going to be different. I'll talk more about Lamar, Josh Allen coming up. But let's go ahead and get right to Monday Night Football. This is going to be kind of a fun pod. We're going to kind of take it easy because, again, Aaron's got to go through the grind tomorrow with the pot father. So we're going to take two plus hours, right? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) But the Monday Night Football game, it was uh, it was pretty interesting. It it felt like the Rams game pretty much the whole way through 
There were moments where the cards made it interesting, um, but it is weird. They, they are undefeated on the road, the Cardinals. Much different story at home. They're about 500. And uh, so it's really weird with them. And yeah, because they got beat by the Packers in Arizona. So it's, uh, it's a weird one. But hey, good game for the Rams. Cooper Cup, of course, went off. Odell Beckham had a solid game, which I'm happy to see because I was tired of people saying he was just done for and I'm I just felt he needed a better situation and I don't even think the Cleveland situation was bad I think it was just bad for him so for whatever reason but yeah Odell six for 77 and a touchdown and then of course like I said Cooper Cup 13 for 123 and one dude's a monster and then of course Van Jefferson threw in a couple of catches, 58 yards and a touchdown. Uh, the rushing, Sony Michelle had 79 yards, but didn't do a whole lot throughout the night. And then on the Arizona side, uh, you did have AJ Green, seven catches, 102 yards. And then James Conner got a couple of rushing touchdowns as well as nine catches for 94 yards. So uh, we're gonna pour one out for Chase Edmonds. <laughs> as you said last week. Or earlier this week, last week. Yes, last week. <laughs> Duke Johnson 2.0, baby. It's so sad. I, you, you hate it. And, and probably the worst <laughs> part about that is, like, Excuse unlike me. Duke Johnson, he had those games. He had, like, the handful of games that he got a full workload. It was super amazing. But just it, it goes to show it is incredibly difficult to find these satellite back plus that, that, that can – that can consistently be a fantasy performer. But, hey, you know, James Conner, uh, probably the only bright spot of my Scott Fishbowl team, which, of course, did not make the playoffs. Not at all. Mine neither. Mine neither. I had a hard time navigating that league. And then once I figured it out, it was a few games into the season, and I was just – injuries just kind of killed me. It, it was a lot of injuries. But, uh, but yeah. So, good game for the Rams. Uh, and even the Cardinals, you know, got your, got your fantasy points out there. It's pretty productive fantasy-wise, the night was. So, we move on to the rest of Week 14 observations. And I want to begin with the Denver running back duo. And because, you know, as we've spoken many times, we love Javonta Williams. And he was magnificent when Melvin Gordon was out. But there is a lot of shade on Melvin Gordon. And, and while he's not what he once was, and he's never been the most efficient player, and it's even worse nowadays in his, in his later age, but he is, you know, getting some production. And he, he's the 24th running back as far as fantasy points go. And so that's making him an RB2. You know, I mean, it, so, you know, and, and if you think about it long term, I don't even mind this for Javonta Williams. Because then maybe next year, when the Broncos get someone like a Russell Wilson or an Aaron Rodgers, because that, that shit's happening. The Broncos are getting somebody, guaranteed. And then, you know, you have Javonte Williams. He's got a year under his belt. But he wasn't just out there hammering himself like Najee Harris is every night. And all comes together. They can have a high-powered offense. This could be, you know, good for Javonte Williams in the long run. But, I, you know, I'm a fan of Melvin too much shade on him he he's 
obviously not been spectacular, but he's been solid. He's still got a tad bit left in the tank. And again, he's been in RB2. So what can you say? Uh, But that's what I had to say. I really wanted to get that out there, defend Melvin a little bit and say, hey, this is dynasty wise. This is great for Javonta Williams, I believe. So let me know what you think. Well, and, and definitely giving credit for to Melvin Gordon for what he's done is is definitely what we need to do. And everyone that's been listening to this podcast for a while knows that both Ryan and I are huge Javante Williams fans. However, Melvin Gordon, it's it's not like the Broncos are being stubborn and forcing carries to Melvin Gordon, and he's bad. He's been good and surprisingly, you know, surprisingly good because we just kind of went, oh. Gordon's got a lot of carries in his career and he's getting up there in age and the fall off and to his credit. Yeah, he's been, been good, good enough to, to where you go. Where's he going to go next season? Like, I mean, he should be getting a decent free agent running back contract. But yeah, I don't know could. if he'll get like the 8 million a year he got in Denver, but the, he's going to get some, I, I think some decent money. <laughs> I could see him getting four five million dollars. I'm kind of curious on what what he's expected to get, but that's that's yeah. what I see. I mean, 111 yards off of 24 attempts. He was at he averaged 4.6 yards per carry. Got the two touchdowns, and his longest run was 16 yards. So it's not like he had some, you know, 60 yard run to kind of inflate it. No, no. I mean. So he's, he's playing solid, and uh, Javonta Williams is just going to be much more uh, for next year, which is okay. It's okay. I've actually pulled this up, too, Melvin Gordon. So over the cap has, like, this uh, calculation, this estimation of what he'll make next season, and it's $4.6 million. So, hey, look, it's at 4 to $5 million and over the cap agrees, and that's not bad for free agent running backs. Like, let's face no. it, uh, the good – the good young in their prime running backs don't get to free agency. I think right. last season, Aaron Jones, Dalvin Cook, they got their extensions. So that's not bad for a how old is he? He's what, 28, I think. 28, yeah, 28, yeah. 28 years old. That's probably about right. You'd probably see him sign a two year, nine to $10 million contract. He looks probably. better than, say, uh, Devonta Freeman. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it, I mean, so I, I think definitely he can get some work out there and uh, not not a bad bench piece. I mean, just to have break glass in case of emergency. And right. I mean, if he if he can keep uh, up next year, what he's done this year. So very good. Very good. And actually, I'm going to jump to uh, another running back, and that would be. A penny for your thoughts, good sir, a penny for your thoughts, a Rashad penny man aaron dude had himself a game you you know this is the rashad penny i was hoping to see like three years ago you know what i mean but uh here it is 16 carries 137 yards two touchdowns (sighs) man thank you very much rashad penny for uh you know show and and it's You know, you can't put everything on him. I mean, you know, injuries can be freakish, everything like that. But it's been all about the health with this dude. He can't stay on the field. And so even then, I had to play him in a couple of leagues this weekend, uh, this past weekend. And I was like, man, he'll probably start out great and then get hurt. 
And I wasn't trying to be funny. It, it, like, it just how I felt. Because it just seems like anytime he gets a chance, that's what happens. And he just can't stay healthy. But he did for at least a game. And it was glorious. Good to see. Good to see. Very happy for Mr. Penny. Sorry, Absolutely I meant to go to you happy. first on that. And then I just over-fucking-took it. So, guys. No, I, I think it is fitting. Because you have been the Rashad Penny truther on the show. You definitely needed to lead on that one. That that was perfectly fine. And, and yes, like, I think even I, when, when I saw it, like at first, truth be told, I didn't believe it, it that it happened. But then like the next response after the disbelief was like, you know, good for Rashad Penny. Mm-hmm. Good for him. Because you're right. Just the raw end of, of the stick. Like, just every time you mention it, he gets an opportunity, something happens, usually an injury, and it's like, oh my goodness, to the point that we're conditioned in the year 2021 when people were touting Rashad Penny, I was like, nah, not going for it this time. It's like the one time I just gave up on it, not happening. And speaking of health, you know, for the long term, this could be good for Seattle. This could be good for Rashad Penny and Dynasty because the former starting running back Chris Carson, who has missed a large chunk of the season. And it's due to neck surgery, spinal fusion. Like that right. just sounds terrifying. And it's he had already been dealing with a variety of lower extremity injuries with Chris Carson. You start to go, okay, Carson, it's the nature of the position too. Right. Carson's 27 years old. He's had a lot of work in that Seattle offense in recent seasons. Yes, and, he has. and he's had trouble staying healthy himself. Uh, he has, Carson's actually never played a 16-game season. If you start to go, do they move on from Chris Carson? I admittedly have not looked at the specific details, but usually these running back contracts, you they can get out of them pretty early. And in fact, while we're talking, I'm pulling it up just because I am naturally curious. Chris Carson, can they get out from his contract, it was only a two-year deal, and it looks like it is relatively uh, feasible. He may be what's uh, what's called a post-June first cut, so he has one of these weird contracts. It's a two-year contract, but there's actually a third year that automatically voids after the second season. What I see happening is Chris Carson. They are neck surgery. To me, that's a pretty significant thing going on. They're going to hold them. Um, probably like through the draft, it it's that's probably what's gonna happen. I gotta hold him through the draft past June 1st, then they're gonna cut him. If he's a post June 1st cut, they would save about five million dollars on a cap, and then they'd pay they'd have one and a half million in 2023. To me, that just seems like foregone uh conclusion there that that's what's gonna happen with them. Pour one out for Chris Carson because will he come back? He'll be 28 years old next season, looking for a new team. I don't know. Yeah, I I would like to think that far ahead, but right now with Rashad, <laughs> I'm just going to take it a game at a time. I think uh, so. Uh, I know I'm I'm I, I'm trying not to think of it, but it it could be. I mean, man, if you've just had him on your bench and he came out and did that, I mean, if he can kind of keep it up. He could be a league winner. He could really boost some teams for a playoff run if he can stay on the field and play this well. So we'll see. And what there's happens. a chance, just like in Dynasty, there's a chance that not only does he help you win a championship this year, 
like he may have some fantasy relevancy next season. Yeah. Maybe Seattle saw that and they're like, you know what? This is the guy we drafted in the first round many years ago. Right. <laughs> uh, like, okay. We move on. <laughs> we move on. Uh, trouble in Texas. Are we are we worried about the Cowboys at all, Aaron? Uh, because uh, I'm going to be honest, the offense doesn't quite look the same. It hasn't really since Dak's come back. It it just it it looks a little bit lesser. And so, and I mean, they're still getting wins and things like that. But it's also not the same fantasy wise. The we're not getting the same uh, fantasy production from Dak or really from anybody else since he's come back either. So worried at all uh no not not overly concerned like getting it was an ugly road win considering how they started to start off great especially on defense and, and that's really the the cowboys have been a defensive team and, and truth be told for people that are following the cowboys it actually started last season late last season the final four or five games of the season the cowboys defense on the season was horrible but there, you started to see the potential of this defense that has been uh, fulfilled, I would say, this, this season, especially with having an entire draft in 2021 focused solely on defense. They've just they've changed their identity. And it's it, at the cost of fantasy production because a lot of us thought this Cowboys offense was going to be very pass-happy, high tempo because of defense we, we thought okay it'll be improved but not this good but with the Cowboys this is the type of games that they'll win they don't want to get shootouts like they they have the talent to possibly do that but that's that's just not their identity this mm-hmm. year they they prefer to keep it on the ground that's why you still saw Corey Clement who was filling in for Tony Pollard who had a torn plantar fascia and for those that don't know what that is, you should absolutely go and find the video on YouTube after you listen to this podcast where I have my buddy Dustin Martin on, who is a PTA, knows a thing or two about some injuries, and we talked about the Tony Pollard torn plantar fascia. So just seeing Corey Clement get 13 carry shows what the Cowboys want to do. Keep it on the ground, play defense. Man, Micah Parsons, whew, that's a guy worth watching, even if you're not a defensive uh, person in the fantasy football making plays but ugly win at the end but sometimes you just go we can win an ugly ugly game on the road we'll take it that's right that's right i really don't have anything else to add i i agree they'll be fine it's just not going to be quite what it was early in the year you know so we move on to the chargers and uh, no Keenan, no problem, man. No Keenan, no problem. They uh, they handled the Giants. And, um, you know, I, I the last pod we had talked about, we trusting the Chargers, the Bengals offense. As I said, I was pretty ready to trust both of them. And you made some good points that made me reconsider that. And uh, it kind of bore itself out this weekend. The Chargers, 37 points. Um, no, oh, sorry, one second. Uh, Eckler had a solid game. He had Guyton with a touchdown pass. Palmer with the touchdown pass. Uh, Mike Williams didn't do it again. This is, you know, it's Mike Williams. So it is what it is. But, uh, you know, 
it was just a great game. I mean, Justin Jackson got involved, Josh, Joshua Kelly. So this this is a fun offense. I, I think they're really starting to catch this. This is one of those teams that I feel like could be playing really well heading into the playoffs. Big matchup against the Chiefs Thursday night. We'll talk about that at the end. Um, but yeah, and then because you look at the Bengals, and while overall, um, you know, it's not the worst. Joe Burrow, 348 yards, two touchdowns. T. Higgins had another big game, 114 yards. Jamar Chase, though, was the one with a couple of touchdowns at receiver. And so, you know, still productive fantasy-wise and all of that, but they were down in this game. They had to come back. They're still still trying to figure things out there in Cincinnati. And, and really, it's the second year kind of for both these teams because it's the second year for Herbert Burrow. But it does feel like the Chargers are just put together a little bit better, and they seem to be flowing uh, better right now. And a big word you used last pod, consistent. They're much more consistent. So, yes, I'm enjoying what I'm seeing out of the Chargers. And, uh, uh, you know, still dig me some bangles, and uh, I can't wait till next year is what I'll say for that. But, yeah, so what do you say to that? I'm sorry, anything to add? Not really, you hit all the points, and the only brief thing I'm going to say is I, I jinxed it because you, you talked about how I, I said the Bengals offense has been consistent. That's something I was worried about with the Chargers. What do we see? The Chargers offense put up 37 points, and the Bengals like fall asleep for what the entire first half against 49ers? Yeah. Like, I just they did that before, like that Jacksonville yeah. game. They were like nothing the first half, and then they can't. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, so I jinxed it. Sorry, Bengals fans. That's on me. Well, and actually, that was kind of the theme of the weekend. Was there was a lot of games where one team got ahead and then the other team came back, and in most cases, the team ahead won. But it was just there was a lot of that. Another game that was like that was the Bills and the Buccaneers. And hey, what do you know? Brady did it again in overtime. And but it really is like. <clears throat> I want you to take this, but I just want to briefly say this is why I've had a hard time trusting this Buffalo offense all year because it feels like it's all Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. And if that can't happen, then, you know, there's no fucking running game. The offensive line is eh, and then you got Josh Allen trying to play hero ball and then he does something stupid. I mean, like it, it, it just <clears throat> It's it's feels kind of a mess and it continues to prove out to be and now he's ba- and now Josh Allen's banged up so I it just I feel for my brother who lives in Buffalo a diehard Bills fan but it was it, you know it's just kind of playing out why it, you know it, 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 I just couldn't quite get behind all the hype behind him this season um, and it, it, you know here we go it, it is what it is so hopefully I mean it's going to be tough. They got New New England coming. I said this was going to be quick. Sorry. New England coming up. Josh Allen's banged up. The things are looking rough for Buffalo. But Brady and the Bucks killing it. Yeah. And and I'll start with Buffalo. The most frustrating thing is there are pieces there for them to legit win a Super Bowl this season. It's just they haven't put the whole damn thing together, quite frankly. Like they have the league's best pass defense. And then analytically, you go, I love what the concept of what they do on offense, where they're just like, we've got a quarterback that has a cannon of an arm and is mobile. We're just not going to run the ball. Like maybe they took that to a bit of an extreme, 
but I, I like that they just went, look, we're going to beat you in the passing game. Like, screw the running game. We don't care if Leonard Fournette gets 113 <laughs> yards on 19 carries and touchdowns. Like, then the NFL's change. You, you win by passing the ball and stopping the pass. And the, they got the dang pieces. Although Josh Allen was spotted in a walking boot after the game. Uh, mm. I want to say it was turf toe that they that, that they said. And that, uh, that is something to monitor. I don't really have much more details than that. And then my takeaway really on Tampa Bay is, woo, each passing game with Chris Godwin, he's making himself more and more money. Because remember, he, he's playing on a franchise tag. It's a one-year deal. And I've got him in so many leagues. <laughs> oh man, uh, this is what back-to-back games with double-digit catches, double-digit catches, guys. This in PPR, he put up twenty fantasy points, didn't score a touchdown. It's right. it's insane. And the on the Sonic Truth Dynasty podcast on Roto Underworld, Nate and and the Podfather, they they were discussing this. It's really odd that they didn't extend Godwin, like especially with Antonio right. Brown doing. Well, Antonio Brown things, right? Like, first the injury, that's not an Antonio Brown thing. But then, of course, getting suspended for shenanigans. I don't I, I don't know if they're not allowed to extend Godwin during the season. I Sometimes I don't know if the rules are like things that teams do where they go, we're not going to extend him. We're not going to extend players during the season. But I, I don't know. It seems really, really odd. And it's gonna backfire on him. Like I don't think Godwin leaves, but he's now a lot more expensive than he was at the start of the season. That's very true. That's a very good point. Although I'm gonna I, I am gonna fight back a little bit with the Bills thing. You 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 said you feel like they have the pieces mm-hmm. and they don't need to see I do think you need to be able to run the ball particularly as we get later on. I understand Josh Allen has a cannon for his arm, all of that. But I also, I don't think they have the pieces. I think they have an average offensive line, and I think they have Stephon Diggs, and then, like, Gabe Davis is okay. But they, what? I mean, Dawson Knox is okay. Who did you key on and Diggs, and who scares you? Who really scares you? And so when it gets to the point where it's like, okay, Josh Allen and Diggs scare us. That's about it. Like, to me, that's a problem. That's a problem. You don't have a running back that scares you. You don't have a second receiver that really scares you. Maybe the tight end scares you a little bit, but it's just not enough. And I think that's not good for Josh Allen because then if he tries to do too much, he's going to make mistakes. So me, I think there's there's some major issues there. But So I had to fight back a little bit. We don't get a lot of this, a lot of that on this pod. We, we, tend, we tend to agree a lot, but I, I think this is a lot more troublesome for, for the Bears, I think, or the Bills. And I, I think it's not just as easy for them as just go out and let Josh Allen sling it. I, I think they've got some major issues, and I think they'd really benefit from – like, can you imagine Josh Allen if he had – like a Jonathan Taylor type of running back with him, like that would make a huge fucking difference in my opinion. So I I do think that matters and I, they just feel kind of a mess to me and they're going to be in a lot of trouble if they uh, lose that second game to new England in new England, but we'll see how it goes. Things are very tight. This is a very weird year. Like everything, everybody's very, very close to each other. So they might get, you know, 
after, through that New England game with a loss and still have a chance. So it's, it's been a, it's a crazy year, but <clears throat> sorry, we'll, we'll, we'll go ahead and move on. And I just got to say, Kittle, he's killing it as well, my friend. My goodness, 13 catches, 151 yards, touchdown, had a good game last week, and uh, it's good to see. I like when George Kittle is kicking ass, and, you know, it has helped this 49ers offense, man. You know me, I was questioning some shit earlier on in the year, and uh, I still don't trust Jimmy G, but now that Ayuk is more involved, and now that they have a sturdy presence at running back. I mean, he was out this game that Jeff Wilson did not hit like many were hoping, uh, but Elijah Mitchell, they, they got the constant presence at running back or that good presence at running back there. And then they're getting, now you can fall off Kittle's back. Like this offense is working good right now. Yeah. And, and the other thing I'd like to mention too, is the Devo Samuel. <laughs> I am waiting. Well, of course, of course. I mean, yeah. Well, because I am waiting for him to finally get running back eligibility on, on sleeper. I mean, I'm sorry, Cordero Patterson can get it because he can catch some passes at the running back position. Like, why can't Debo Samuel, who's out there getting eight carries? <laughs> he's and he's been doing this like six, eight, like ten carries uh, a game. Right. Like, he, so why doesn't he have running back eligibility? And I mentioned Debo because Kittle and Ayuk scored through the air, Devo Samuel's for it through the ground. Right. This is what, like the third time in recent weeks we've seen their big three guys each score a touchdown again because the big thing the last couple of seasons is, is the discussion specifically between Ayuk and Devo of, oh, like we can't have those those two guys because it's consolidated targets and there's only like doesn't pass a lot and kills there. So only one of the other two receivers can be fantasy relevant and props to San Francisco. They are finding a way to keep all three of those guys very fantasy relevant. Yes. Yes. I'm, 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 you know, happy to say I was, I thought this offense was going to be a little bit of a mess, but with everybody healthy and involved in, like I said, I think they got the, even though they didn't have Mitchell this week, they got the running back situation kind of figured out. They kind of figured out, okay, Trey Sermon's no fucking good. Get him out of here. And they're like, you know, the best guy we got on the squad is Elijah Mitchell. We'll get him going and then we'll work since, you know, nobody else is really at the level we want them to be. We're going to fucking start using Debo Samuel there because now Brandon Ayuk's out the doghouse and we can start using him through the air with George Kittle and it's working and I like it. So yes, indeed. And the A-Rod, Mr. A-Rod, well, he still owns the Bears. And uh, from what I heard, his his turf, not his turf toe, his his toe injury, whatever's going on with it, it's a little worse after this game than normal. So we'll have to keep an eye on Mr. Aaron Rodgers' toe. Not literally. I hear he did show it once on the Pat McAfee show. I don't need to see it. I don't need to eye literally on the job. But we're going to have to keep an eye on the situation. And But, yeah, he still seems to own Chicago for now, though. Because, man, it, every time I watch Justin Fields, yeah, he's doing some rookie, rookie shit out there. But he's also making some plays, and I'm just like, man, I can't wait to really see, like, this guy has some – give him some true weapons and a good coach. And I just want to see him blossom. I I just want to see him blossom. And uh, I'm excited for that. And by all means, not 
a terrible game. He'd had a couple interceptions, um, but first time playing in Lambeau. So I imagine that, that, you know, that's got to rattle you a little bit, <laughs> but 224 yards passing, uh, 74 yards rushing, a couple of touchdowns and, and, and Hey, it, you know, we, you got to just hope he continues to grow. And then, like I said, it's, it, it was the Packers. It was close for a while. And then the Packers took over. Aaron Rodgers has another 300 yard, four touchdown game with a broken t- fucking Aaron Rodgers. And uh, yeah. <laughs> Just brutal. I mean, Green Bay, we have to give them credit. I mean, that is an extremely talented team. I mean, controversial team, right? Like, because the, the never-ending Aaron Rodgers saga, but my goodness, they have some of the best players at key positions, and they still have guys that are coming back from the injury list. Uh, like they're 10 and three. One of those losses was the Aaron Rodgers missed the game with COVID. They are, they're dangerous. With the Arizona loss, I believe they're in first place, right? Would it be them or who else is 10 and three? There's someone else that's 10. I want to say Tampa Bay. I I can actually pull that up. So (laughs) one of those two teams would be in first place. But the Chicago. What's so funny about Chicago is, yeah, you talk about getting weapons for Justin Fields. Literally, you look up and you go, Damier Bird and Jakeem Grant, leading receivers in Chicago. My goodness. Such a sad, sad depth chart. The Allen Robinson thing is super weird. Like, you'd you'd think he'd have a good game at some point. It just isn't. Ah, Dare I say, this may be the worst receiving core I can't even say it. Detroit. Detroit's got a promising young guy. No, I, I think Detroit has a better receiving core when you include tight ends as well. Like there's Hawkinson, Amon Ross St. Brown has been showing some promise there. And Chicago, you have Allen Robinson, in which you go, is it a bad season or did he fall off the cliff? It could happen. His best comparable player on player profile at Des Bryant. Mm-hmm. I'm a Cowboys fan. It came Ass. Like we're talking three straight seasons, thousand yards receiving, right. uh, double digit touchdowns, and then the next season you go, this guy can't play anymore. Yeah, and that bad. And I hope that's not the case for Robinson, but you'd think at some point <laughs> he he'd do something, anything. And so if if he's watched Darnell Mooney's the only guy where you go, yeah, that's a that's a good player, right? In their receiving course, so. Chicago Bears, worst receiving uh, core in the league. You heard it here. <laughs> Definitely not very good. But uh, that is going to wrap it up for what we got down the, you know, or I should say our week 14 observations. And I'll do a little bit of looking down the rabbit hole of week 15, round one of the playoffs when I come back Thursday for some infirmary chatter and a TNF recap. Uh, but otherwise, Aaron, did you, is there anything else? I know we could mention Taysom Hill. He had another uh, couple of touchdowns rushing, doing his thing. I mean, what are the Saints? I, I don't even really have anything to say because what are the Saints? But do you have any other thoughts from the Saints week 14, anything we didn't cover that you would like to hit? The thing I have to get a chuckle because I'm looking at the standings right now. 
And of course, we talked about these playoff races just being insanely close, a lot closer in the AFC than it is the NFC. But in the NFC, there's one team. We, we didn't even talk about them. There's the Atlanta Falcons, right? Six and seven. They are one game behind the 49ers for the sixth seed, and the seventh seed is the six and seven Washington football team. Like the Falcons are in the thick of the playoff hunt. And I love that at six and seven, they're plus and minus. Uh, or sorry, the differential in their points for and their points against is negative 108, which yeah, is crazy. second worst. <laughs> second worst in the NFC. And there's only three teams in the AFC with worse point differential. And your Atlanta Falcons, everyone, somehow competing for a playoff spot when they shouldn't be trying. Ah, super weird. Super weird. Do we applaud them? Do we? Right. That's the only thing I think that's worth mentioning. Oh, well, okay. One other Carolina and the, uh, what was it? Cam Newton got benched for PJ Walker, who got benched for Cam Newton, who got benched for PJ Walker. Did I get that right? Was there like four quarterback changes in that game? I knew. <laughs> it was bad. Uh, yeah. Poor Cam. I, I was hopeful for a tiny moment. <laughs> Uh, He's okay dead. week 14 is over we're into the playoffs Aaron if you were fortunate enough to have a team or more than one make it in there uh, you're excited you're ready to go and uh, we will begin with just again I'll be back Thursday to recap the game and get into a better look ahead for week 15 round one of the fantasy playoffs for most leagues but we've got the Thursday night game, and I don't think there's a whole lot to say about this other than, you know, I expect a high-scoring game. I expect this to be fun. I'm going to be putting some DFS lineups in. It's, it's going to be – I'm looking forward to this one. Uh, Chiefs, Chargers, the Chiefs defense has been playing well, and it's not like the Chargers have some sort of, you know, um, home field, crazy home field advantage – but I do think the Chargers offense has been rolling. We'll see if they get Keenan Allen back or not. But if they, I, I just think this is going to be a hell of a game. Yeah, it, it should be fun because the Chiefs are back to playing the way we thought they should be. Uh, kind of. They're I running the ball. They're running the ball a little bit more. And here's the thing I, I found interesting. Derek Gore. They're using a lot of Derek Gore. Uh, let me just get into real quick. Um, because I had noticed that because um, I had to play Daryl Williams, Daryl the Barrel. You know me. That's kind of my guy, even though there's, it's crazy. Double Barrel Williams. I love him. <laughs> right. But so he's kind of been not doing so much in the run game, but they're still using him in the pass game. He, um, I mean, he caught a passing touchdown uh, this weekend. But, yeah, when you look at the rushing attempts, Derek Gore, nine for 66 and a touchdown. Clyde Edwards Hilaire, 10 for 37 and two touchdowns. Whoo. Imagine if they start giving Derek Gore a little more run. Although looking at it now, long of 51 yards, so maybe not. But it does appear like, you know, they're starting to run the little ball, the ball a little bit more. And I do think that's helping them out. Travis Kelsey was pretty quiet in the game, but we are getting back to a little bit more of um, you know a higher scoring offense. And now that the defense is picking it up, I think that's helping out the offense as well. So yeah, they're getting back to a little bit closer to what, you know, we believe the chiefs are and what we've seen. 
and that's nice, you know. Absolutely, because they currently have the longest active win streak in the NFL, six-game win streak. So before that, they were three and four, and yeah, we we all had to go. Oh my gosh, like the offense is super sloppy, and and they are turning the ball over at a high rate. The defense couldn't stop anything. I mean, I'm pretty certain that you and I each scored a touchdown against Kansas City's defense during that stretch. It it was like yeah, I didn't even have pads on. It was. It's remarkably bad, uh, but sometimes you just have to trust the process on this. That, like, hey, they—it's still the Chiefs. Still got some extremely talented guys. They start mm-hmm. to turn it around at some point. Seems to be what they're doing. The Chargers too, uh, riding a couple game win streak. And the, there's a couple of things that are concerning with the Chargers. The defense is not good. Well, yes, teams yes, yes. <laughs> so. In this game, like, but that's okay for fantasy because that just means generally oh, yeah. they'll have to keep trying to put up points. To- <laughs> right, right. And I, I guess the thing to watch too is it's a short week. Do they get Keenan Allen back for Thursday night football? Do they get Mike? Williams I don't know. Back? I, I couldn't get a read on if he was because it happened so close, like whether he was vaccinated or not, he right. was going to miss the game. So it's hard to tell. I guess I should know tomorrow. I should know tomorrow. That doesn't help for Thursday right Right. now, but, but uh, maybe I'll get on the old Twitter and put something out on the account. um, Once I get that figured out, because yeah, we should know the answer to that on Tuesday. So, but yes. All right. I think that's what we got. That's a, that, that I think that wrapped it up, bro. Awesome. I'm loving this, this new, uh, new schedule we got. It's super Super uh, relaxing, just yes, and, and hitting our groove right top of the playoffs. And we know we're going to help some people make make some uh, maybe win a championship, at least get out of the first round, and maybe right. take those teams to championship. Right. Yes, sir. We do what we can, and we're going to throw out you know again observations and everything, uh, uh, and whatnot covering the week when it comes to the Monday podcast, which you all get on Tuesday. And then, uh, you know, I'll be back later on in the week to cover Thursday night football once again and cover the infirmary, uh, the injury news and everything like that, trying to help you get prepped for the playoffs for round one, unless you have a bye week like I do in some leagues. Okay, let's get the hell out of here, Aaron. Are you ready, my friend? Let's do it, man. Let's do it. Let's get out of here. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for joining. And we will talk to you well, next week. That's right. The two of us together. We'll be back in a week. Good luck in round one of the playoffs. We'll chat soon. Until then, take care of yourselves. Stay safe. Stay vigilant. Stay active. Because all the best of us are. Until then, that's half an hour.